0: Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at Babbel.com slash BlueWire. That's 60% off at Babbel.com slash BlueWire, spelled dot lcom slash BlueWire. Rules and restrictions apply.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, BronxPinstripes.com proudly brings to you the most exciting Yankees podcast in the world. George's box. I've ever seen. Georgia's box. Goodness gracious. Goodness gracious. Welcome back to George's box. I'm JJ. I'm Nick. And hey, you know what? It's a fucking better day to be a Yankee fan than it was when we did this a week ago. It was. Last week was so miserable. It was just, I, I I walked in on my wife listening to it on like speaker, and I was like, "That sounds terrible." You can tell I was coming off a week of pain pills too. I was mean, just like down in the dumps. Brutal combination for you with the surgery and the way this fucking team
2: was playing because we were what one in five, one in six. It was a hard. It was the worst week I could remember ever being a Yankee fan in twenty years.
1: Oh, it was some of the the like least inspired baseball I've ever seen in my life. um. And now I'm just on positive notes because 13 days after surgery, I'm out of a sling. They said four to six weeks, boom, went in there, said, listen, I've been thinking about healing. I've been feeling healing. I feel like one of those televangelists who yelled like, I smite you, COVID, you are done now. But like it worked. <laughs> Give me 10% you- of your tidings. Give me 10%. And that's like – and that, like, I can't lift my arm, but I'm not in a sling, so I'll be able to sleep at night. And can I can you give some games.
2: advice to our players on how to
1: come off the IL and yeah. get out of slings and get out of casts. You know, real talk. Like, I don't even know if this is an exaggeration at this point. Like, obviously, I heal like Wolverine, and I bat lefty. How am I not batting third? I'm looking. I'm looking at a three hitter right now. I'm yeah. staring across the computer screen at our next three hitter. Because guess what? We are about f- four days away. From roof, roof, net or door going from not being on automate on a team to batting fucking cleanup, batting third for us because bad cleanup today. To bat third for
2: the Yankees, you need to hit left handed and hit above 150, 160. I think you can do that. I
1: think you can go up there and throw up 160. Oh, yeah, Dude, I could bunt it. I, well, one, I could sacrifice bunt at the major league level. I've said this many times before. No doubt in my mind, you get a major league pitcher up there. I can sacrifice bunt. I'll probably find some hits. Three chances to get one down. If you put me in a batter's box, you would, they would have to do like the reverse shift. They would just have everyone on the third baseline. It's like he's not getting, if he even makes contact, the reverse shift. (laughs) Who would you
2: face if you had to pick your Yankees pitcher to face to get one base hit? I I mean, would
1: you want to go up against Nick Nelson? And I do it right handed. (laughs) Right. Let's do it
2: now. Nick Nelson. Sunday, the Yankees have a chance to sweep a four-game series. They're down 4-3, very winnable game. Aaron Boone says, you know what? Fuck it. Nick Nelson, we're going to give you two innings. He lets up four runs. We're going to punt and get on the plane and go to Baltimore. You had arrested Green. You had Chapman hadn't thrown. Wilson had only thrown one day before. I mean, you had guys available to throw, and Boone just said, fuck it, and he punted
1: the fourth game of the series. Because here's – I think I'm over Aaron Boone. Yeah, we went four and two this week. I'm getting closer. I think Aaron Boone, I'm not saying we gotta fire Aaron Boone right now. I'm saying that it really needs to be championship or bust. That's what I feel. Because what Aaron Boone did to us on Sunday, he is the, he's the villain in a movie. You know when there's a hero and a villain and then it gets down to the end and the villain has got the hero. He's got him. And for some reason, the end result is the hero is tied. Yes, the Yankees are the villain here, but I'm fine with that. The hero is tied to a chair in a warehouse, and for some reason, it's wet. Always wet in a warehouse, and there's like three henchmen there. And <laughs> and now the guy, the 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 villain, in this case, Aaron Boone, has a gun. He has a gun. I could just shoot you in the head and end it. But instead, he's like, "Let me tell you all this stuff," and instead of shooting you. I'm gonna leave it to my three henchmen, but his three henchmen are Nick Nelson, Brett Gardner, and just sitting DJ LeMayhew. Like <laughs> I was gonna say, like, like Sessa, like what, like you know, just like that was such. It's just like all the momentum when you see that lineup. It's just like you, you're you're a losing team. You can't punt games as a losing team. If it was August and we're up six games in the division and we're 12 games above 500 yeah you run that fucking lineup out there in cleveland but not when you're fighting for my sanity no of course aaron
2: boone they are 9 and 12 and he's managing them like they're 15 and 3 if you're the dodgers and you're up eight games in the division you want to give guys some rest fine but they're they're in last place you you are in no position to be resting, guys. And the fact that they just act like they already have a playoff spot, like 95 wins is just guaranteed. Everything's going to even itself out, and they're going to be there in the end. That is not true. You have to play and win the games, and they were up 3 nothing. This was the definition of a winnable game. Tyone had his issues, and we'll talk about him. But, man, you had guys rested in the bullpen, and as soon as they get down by one run, you give up? That No wonder none of the players respond to any adversity. As soon as the manager sees any adversity, he punts.
1: Listen. All the best football teams punt when they don't have a completion on first down. That's obviously what happened. <laughs> Great analogy. Cause that's what we did.
2: Definition. Yeah. Fourth inning down four three and, and you're giving up. Five innings to score one run in a hitter's park and, and you're giving up. It, it's pathetic. They sat and they sat, sat Stanton on Thursday, sat DJ on Sunday. How many rest days? How many maintenance days do these guys need?
1: Well, I mean, let's, let's talk about the week because I, yeah. they're four and two team. Some people say it's a step in the right direction. I think it's still a dog shit week. You think it was a dog shit week? We played the Cleveland Indians who fucking suck for four games. I have said that for an average team, we are a five run a game team. So for an average team, we should have scored 20 runs. We played a below average team and scored 16 runs. Now I get, you only gotta get one more than the other guy. I don't gotta be faster than the bear. I just gotta be faster than you. But, it's not, you know, yes, Garrett Cole went out there and was fucking Garrett Cole. That's great. That's inspiring baseball. Yeah, there was some come from behinds, but why are we coming from behind? Why are we giving up three runs in the first inning? Yeah, Thursday night when they were
2: down three nothing, I'll admit there was a, thought that crossed my mind was like, why am I doing this every night? Why am I making sure that everything's done and that I'm in front of the TV at 7.05 to go down three, four, five, nothing in the first inning every single night? They're always playing from behind. And you start to question yourself, like, am I stupid? Am I crazy? Am I being punked? I mean, how many nights in a row are we just going
1: to sit down and give them four hours when they're
2: down 4, nothing in the first?
1: Well, also that game started at like 6.05 or 6.15. Yeah,
2: that was the 6.10 game.
1: And I – like, I'm sorry. Maybe it makes me a bad fan for having other responsibilities. But I was ramping up for 635, and I'm going to get my remote. And all of a sudden, boom, I'm getting push notifications. There have been way too many
2: instances where the game starts, you go to the fridge, you go to take a piss, you go to take the trash out, and you come back and they're down 3 nothing. That has happened to me at least five times this year. And the, you know they've only scored one first-inning run – in 21 games, one Aaron Judge solo homer in one of those Blue Jays games in Dunedin. They have scored one run in the first inning of all of the awful stats that I've seen. That's got to be the worst. Michael Pineda would be 0
1: and 5. <laughs> Easy. Easy. That guy had never came back from a, a first inning deficit. No, never. So, yeah. I, I mean, it. Also, I mean, in that same game, like right after that, they had the bases loaded and there was a point where I was like, fuck it, just hit a grand slam, hit a grand slam so I go to bed at 703. Like, just fucking end this for me. Yeah, put me out of my misery.
2: And Friday night, same thing. Montgomery puts them in an early hole. They were down two nothing or three nothing. Lucky they were able to come back. Stanton hit a couple of bombs. They showed some fight, but you can't come out every night down four nothing, down three nothing, expect to win ninety five games because it's not going to happen. And like you said, the Indians are a bad team. And after this week, after the Orioles and the Tigers, we're going to start playing some real teams, and you're not going to be able to get away with that shit.
1: Yeah, it's you know, so four and two is good. Five and one would have been better or even four and two with some like really inspired, you know, some like, hey, we were a dominating team for a little bit there. But everything was a nail biter. No, it wasn't. Let's go back to the Braves
2: series. You played two games against the Braves without their best player. Acuna didn't play either game. You barely win one. And the game they won, the Tuesday night game that they won, they took they took the lead on a wild pitch. They didn't get any big hits. They played like shit. They were lucky to win that game. They were lucky to split with the Braves. And we haven't even talked about that series, but yeah, they they should have swept, they should have swept the Braves. They were lucky, lucky to get one. And so yeah, four and two, I'm happy just because it was the first winning week and we finally won a goddamn series. But yeah, they should, they could have easily
1: went five and one. Yeah. No, I mean, there, I mean, the way you put it there, it's like we should have been six and oh, it should have been a six and oh week. Imagine a six and oh week. Like that's how you really, you know, you, you, you put your nuts on the table. And now we're going to have to see, you know, what we do in, uh, in Baltimore. But I mean, Cole, Cole's fun. Oh man. Saturday night,
2: having that primetime Saturday night, Cole versus Bieber. Like those are the games you live for. And sometimes me and you talk about how sometimes in July on a Sunday afternoon game, it's tough to get that big game feeling. Like yeah. this was that big game Saturday night primetime feeling. In the I mean, fall. this was, a ga- it was
1: game one. Yes. It yep. was game one of whatever series you want it to be. And it happens to be a Saturday night game, which is great. I mean, a Saturday one o'clock game would have been great if it was at the stadium. If it's at night, put it at the Jake. Yes, no,
2: for sure. And it and it was awesome. Cole was absolutely great. He he had so many three ball counts, and every time he got to three one or three o, he would just pump back two or three strikes in a row. Like he battled back from so many counts where he was behind, and and the one mistake he made was the ball was it? Fermil Reyes hit it. The judge almost robbed, and it bounced off his yeah. glove yeah i mean look that that was very he was very close to going seven shutout if judge
1: catches that ball yeah no i mean and i think people looked for me to really like get on judge for that one like i mean that is a that is the difference between a gold glover and not a gold glover i do want to say that aaron judge great defender very good defender and yes he is uh My wife, my all wife, right. my wife forgot we were doing the show tonight. Was the baby's first um, survival swim class? Oh,
2: <laughs> what is that? They just throw him in the pool yeah. and see
1: who survives? Okay, <laughs> no, no, not serious. Like it's ten minutes a day, every day for like five weeks.
2: That's a commitment.
1: Yeah, it's expensive too, but the idea of it is like she won't drown. It's all like she falls in the pool, no one's there she knows what to do oh because you have grow. a pool i'm thinking like why does this yes okay i'm a rich boy <laughs> yes i'm rich yes i don't get stimulus i am the stimulus um yeah no so i just got worried i thought something happened like normally i would just be like what are you doing you know i'm doing the show i was just like the, what the fuck like sorry i thought my daughter died um So what was I saying about baseball? So, yeah, basically what we were saying is, Judge, you know, Judge,
2: we can't sit here and say, oh, you got to have that. That's a play that's got to be – because it's not. It's not a routine play, but, man,
1: it would have been nice. Don't tell me he's a gold glove outfielder. Not right now. I get it. And he's doing – he's making decisions to keep himself on the field, which is great. And I think that makes a lot of sense, but that's the difference between, you know, being Clint Frazier and being Aaron Judge. If if he if they had lost that game one to nothing we would be
2: dissecting the shit out of that play a lot more we don't need to they ended up winning two one Hicks homered somehow off of Shane Bieber I was shocked I almost fell out of my chair when I saw that and O'Dor had a big go ahead homer and that that's all they needed and how about Jonathan Lawizaga with Chapman and Green unavailable he comes in and gets a four out save Mariano style I, I haven't seen that in a while by a Yankee reliever
1: yeah I mean for we're at this weird position in the season where there are guys who we're expecting things from and we have every reason to expect things from them and they're not delivering they're not living up to that but we do have a couple of guys who are stepping up who are doing like you know even when when you look at when you look at him when you look at like Odor who like you know he's got a couple big hits for us he's still batting 180 but guys who are kind of coming out of nowhere Picking up a little bit from someone else has been great. And if we could get all the guys who are supposed to be where they're at to where they're, you know, where they're supposed to be, it, it's a big difference maker and it does give you something to look forward to. It's just, you know, as you get through some of these series and there are little things, there is that like if judge catches that, yes, we still won that game. If Boone put out a good lineup, like when are we going to put our, our, you know, our foot on their throats and just end this.
2: Exactly. And those games are tough when you know you don't have Chapman available. You know, you don't have Green available and it's tight. And we've been hearing about Lasagna for four years. How he's this awesome stuff. He's going to be such a weapon and maybe, maybe we're finally seeing it because we've had all these guys, King, uh, Lasagna, Nelson. Do they have all the stuff. They have this, they have that. It's finally nice to see somebody actually produce in a big spot.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's good. He'll, Blow a game soon, and we'll oh, be sure. ready to fucking kill him. <laughs> but like that felt good. That felt good. But I mean, I don't know if it was you who tweeted it or who, or I don't know if like Paul O'Neill said or something. But like it's Clements again. We feel it feels like with when you oh yeah, it does. It yeah.
2: does. And
1: and people will comment and be like, "What about CC? What about CC? I love CC. CC was never this good. It no, just wasn't. No, no. I mean, CC had some some very good seasons with us, right? But CeCe could be a a little hit or miss at times.
2: Yeah, definitely a horse, but never never as dominant as Cole. And two guys that I've kind of been focusing on with the slow start and hammering a little bit are are Clint Frazier and Glaber Torres. And, and Dan, you can check this, but I believe they've combined for three RBIs total between the two of them, and I know neither of them have homered. And that's unacceptable. We're, We're almost at the end of April. Neither of them have hit a ball over the fence. I know Clint hasn't had a lot of... Hasn't had a lot of time and he's been in and out, but man, you guys gotta do more.
1: Yeah, I mean, I listen, I'm a big Clint guy. I think given the opportunity, he's, he's gonna deliver. I think we see flashes of it in the outfield, but I mean, at the plate, he's watching balls right down the middle. (sighs) And it's a big fear of mine after his 2019 defensive struggles that he gets afraid to take the bat off his shoulder. You know, wh- whether, whether it's afraid or it's just a mental thing, it, you know, it's tough. Now he's a number five overall pick, but like five years ago, I think the hype around Clint Frazier has died. He's not in a position where it's like, Oh, you know, th- we're at the point in Clint Frazier's career where he should be talking about. 200, 300, like million dollar contracts. But due to some, like, start stops, due to some, um, injuries, due to, um, Brett Gardner just never leaving, he's not in, you know, he's not in that, you know, position. He's not going to be a free agent till 2025. But Glaber, because he put up that huge year a couple years ago, and there's just something about like, Hey, you're the shortstop of the Yankees. Like I'm expecting a lot more out of him. Like Clinton is supposed to be batting six, seven, eight. Glaber's supposed to be batting three, four, five. Glaber's supposed to be getting MVP votes.
2: Yeah. He's supposed to be up there with Acuna and Soto. When he came up, we were comparing him to Ronald Acuna and Juan Soto and all these other young studs that were coming up. Now I compare him to Miguel Andujar because He's supposed to be a good bat without a position, but he's not even hitting now. And I will say his defense started off atrocious and I shredded him for it. But since, you know, since that first week, he has been pretty good defensively. I don't think he's made any errors in the last two weeks, but when you have two guys that are giving you zero and I mean zero at the plate, it just puts pressure, more pressure on the other seven guys.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think the defensive stuff, I'm, I'm happy and proud of him that he's, he's been able to put that behind him. 'Cause I thought we were gonna end up in a big yip situation there as well. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um so that's really like worked out well, but yeah, you can't have you know an OPS under six hundred. You can't be batting two thirteen and be the shortstop for the Yankees. And we have no
2: other options. Right. Yeah, there's and is that part of the problem? No competition, nobody's pushing. They don't have a backup shortstop on the roster. Yeah. <laughs> like it's sink or swim with him. Yeah, he's getting all the chances in the world. Now, Clint, on the other hand, this is like the chicken or the egg thing. You know, it's like, if you produce, you'll get more, you know, you'll get more playing time. But, but he's probably thinking, if you give me more playing time, I'll produce more. So it's that classic chicken or the egg argument. I think we both agree. Just give him, just let him start 10 games in a row, 15, 20 games in a row. Don't play Gardner and just see what happens.
1: So people say that about, like, Mike Tockman too. Like, oh, if he had the opportunities, he'd get to play. People said that about Hicks when we got him from Minnesota. If he got the chance to play every day, you know, he'd show it. And to a certain extent, he did because he got the contract. But Clint Frazier is a number five overall pick with elite bat speed. Elite bat speed. Unquestioned. Unquestioned. Can't even argue that. Who would be starting on easily – I'll say 27 other teams. Maybe there are three teams that he wouldn't crack. Maybe. But he would have been starting on these teams years ago. You know, he would have been a starting outfielder in the major leagues in 2018. And he kind of was for us for a little bit, but ran into some concussion issues. So, you got, he's not Mike Talkman. Like, you have to see what you have with him, or you have to just cut bait. I mean, we've been saying this for, for years. With a lot of these guys, we just love to hold on to like potential pieces, but like not see if they're actually what their potential is.
2: And not cash him in. Look, Anduhar's another guy we could have cashed in, maybe got a decent pitcher for him, maybe got something. We waited until his value was zero and now he's, he's a legitimate non-factor and I don't want to see that happen with Clint. If you don't, if you don't like him, you didn't want to make him the starter, why didn't we get something for him?
1: Yeah, I've like I have no idea. Is Miguel and Duhar at the alternate site? Is he injured? Like I have no idea what goes on oh, with this.
2: God was the king of extracting maximum value, and he's lurking in the weeds and lying in the bushes. Or clearly, clearly, we're not that great at getting value out of our own guys.
1: Climbing down a building, sleeping on the sidewalk. <laughs> the so, cash No, God. it's
2: terrible. And, and Glaber, you would think coming to Camden Yards for four games, if there's anything that's going to get him going, it's that because he puts up Babe Ruth numbers at at Camden Yards. I'm less concerned about him, but I am way more concerned about Clint because I'm worried he's not going to get the opportunities. And look at the guy that's taking at-bats from him. It's not like it's some young stud that came up and, and is a lefty and has a bright future Is taking at-bats from Clint Frazier. It's Brett fucking Gardner.
1: We, we do have uh, some, I guess, breaking news, um thanks to our intern, Dan. This is why you get a fucking intern, Um that Miguel Andujar – May get some some shots at first base. I mean. Voight's I mean, coming back in two weeks. Vo- yeah, Voight's coming back. We've got Ford. Like Ford can stink at first base too. We've got Chris Gittens. For a team that has so much, we actually have so little. Wow, that's a great quote. Can I frame that? (laughs) You're so right. We have, we
2: have all these big, sexy names. We don't have a backup shortstop. We don't have any speed. And, and dude, do you think Miguel Andujar can play first? You can't just stick, there's this myth that you just stick anybody at first and they can do it. The guy can't field. He couldn't field at third. He couldn't field in the outfield. Why is he all of a sudden going to go to first base and be able to field? Did we not just watch Jay Bruce try and
1: do that? Rest in peace. Recipe. I God. think a, I think a patch on the sleeve for Jay Bruce. Like do it for Jay, would turn the seam around.
2: <laughs> Jay Bruce uh retired number day. Fan welcome fans.
1: Dude, can <laughs> I get a Do they sell Jay Bruce jerseys? No
2: way. You could probably get like a throwback Reds one.
1: No, no, no. Come on. But I need the uh, the highlight of his career. He hit one homer. Oh, official J. Bruce jersey, J. Bruce shirts, baseball apparel. I can't even believe that comes up as a thing on MLB shop. Oh, it's all Met stuff. And by it's like one thing. God damn it. I thought I was going to bless myself for the new season. <laughs> do you yeah. still buy jerseys? No, dude, I haven't like bought it. The current guys? No, so I don't, um, so one, I don't do names. So it's just, you know, it of could course. be anyone. And two, as a grown man, Cause there's a whole argument, like, should you even be wearing another man's jersey? Yes, I, will, I have heard that. I won't wear a jersey of anyone younger than me. That's fair. So that eliminates everyone. Pretty
2: much the entire team. Yeah. yeah.
1: So I have like, I have a Jeter jersey. Okay. And then I, Uh, no, I just, I have a Jeter jersey and then I have a nothing on the back gray road jersey that like, I was at some charity event and like got it as a raffle. For the most part, like my, key like weather for games is if I could wear like shorts and a hoodie, like a light like hoodie, something 62 like that. And- yeah. When yeah. it gets warm though because I'm a bigger guy, I tend to go T-shirt with an open jersey and the jerseys just there so the back sweats, not like front and center because those oh, seats – Oh, that's why. I have noticed you do that. Yeah. And because I spent – for a lot a long time, like I sit in a lot – a lot of times I sit in seats that have leather backs – Okay, you know, and that big guy when you're yeah, and when you're a big guy, it's not a great combo. Yeah, see, it's just not
2: my to be honest, it's just not my style. I prefer to wear just t-shirts maybe even a t-shirt jersey or hoodies. And I just have no desire to yeah. button up, and the buttons. I don't I don't really like I just want to something that I can pull over. Yeah,
1: I rarely will button it. Sometimes I will. I used to think a lot more about what I was wearing the games now. Yeah. now so I'm so I kind of happy to be out of the house. Right. <laughs> But Yankeeshirt.com, they've got oh. Jay Bruce T-shirt jerseys are on sale for nineteen ninety nine, down from 32 99 So get them while they're hot.
2: Go grab those. I don't think anybody is going to buy a Jamison Tyone jersey anytime soon. He threw three great innings on Sunday, three shutout. I think he might have faced the minimum, maybe 10, maybe 11 batters in the first three innings, and then just immediately forgets how to pitch in the fourth inning, lets up four runs
1: You know, game's basically over. What do you see with this guy? Jamison Tyone is doing exactly what we should have expected from him. (laughs) The problem is we're dumb. All fans are. I mean, that's fanatics. That guy looks as Florida as it it gets right there. (laughs) Fucking – only if he was wearing – Our intern has, like, his buddy just, like, walked in on him and he's just, like, he looks like he's going straight to a golf course and then to vote for Trump. (laughs) Yeah, he probably submitted his grandma's ballot. She's been dead for four years. Um, So, like I was saying, with Tyone, he threw – he would throw, like, two good innings in spring training. We'd be like, that's it. He's our number three. (laughs) Like, that fucking – and guess what? Like, now, a couple of starts later, he's giving us three good innings. So I think what we need to do is – and the order, I don't know if it matters once you get into the season because day off days and stuff, it resets after the, the all-star break. But, like, I don't know. He's not a two- or three-starter right now. Maybe he will be next year. Maybe, like, he could be our three-starter next year. But someone else has to step up because he's only been in the fifth inning in two of his four starts, and that's not front end of the rotation. Jack, I want to sit here and say, oh,
2: it's early. He hasn't pitched a lot. He's got good stuff. How can I have any faith? Literally no pitcher that Brian Cashman has ever traded for has ever worked out. Pineda, Avaldi, Javier Vasquez, more recently Paxton, and Sonny Gray. We're literally 0 for 500 trading they, for starting – No, pitches. Cashman Why got Clemens. I think that- Cashman got Clemens. All right, 1999, and he yeah. traded for a two-time Cy Young Award winner. All right, you got me. 22 years ago, it worked and out. He, and he Rarely gave up David Wells. Recently- Dude, come on! It never works out. Why would I have any faith
1: that this is gonna work out? No, it's it's not our strong suit. It's not our strong suit. But you at think all.
2: once in the past two decades, like one of them would hit. None of them hit. Avaldi sucked for us, and then go and dominates the World Series and wins for the Red Sox. You, we always joke about Pineda, all these guys, and
1: Paxton last year. Avaldi was the hardest throwing pitcher in baseball the year before we got him too. Like, he was putting up numbers in Florida. He threw hard with us. He just didn't
2: get anybody out.
1: And yeah. I mean, it's... Yeah, Cashman struggles with that. And I think we sit on too many of these prospects for too long. Yes. We never right. get any Clark value. Clark Schmidt, exhibit fucking A. We could have traded him for somebody good, and now... Is he ding. on the team? I don't even know who's on the team anymore. Because yeah, everyone's minor alternate injury alternate in he still hasn't started
2: yeah. throwing yet. Just a yeah.
1: minor injury. I think he's lost in the woods somewhere. Um, It's... Yeah, I mean, I just think we're putting too much ourselves on Tyone, but at the same time, like if you're a major leaguer who's gonna take the ball every fifth day, we expect more than three solid innings. And it's the
2: same typical problems where it's like, oh, the stuff looks good. He's throwing pretty hard, you know, he, oh, he had, made some good pitches, except you let up four or five runs. And and where do you fall in if you're a three inning guy? Like you're not a reliever, you're not a starter, like what role what, what We could make him a long man, I guess, but I do not see this guy going out and pumping out six, seven inning starts ever.
1: And well, and the problem is it's like, it's not even like, Oh, well, he only gave us like three and two thirds or whatever because like his, you know, his pitch count got up there because he only had 50 bullets today. No, he's just going out there and like he was coming. He could have pitched 35 games last season. He was still coming out of this game. At the same point in time.
2: Yeah, you no, know, you're exactly right. And I was having this conversation with my dad earlier, and it's like we have all these guys. It's Kluber, Tyone, Herman, Montgomery, and it's like I just want half of them or maybe one of them to be good, and they've all sucked. Like how how much is it to ask? I'm just asking for one of them to step up and be a number two starter, and we're over for 4.
1: Yeah. I mean t- stepping up to be a number two starter is such a big jump. kids. Considering how far in the dog shit we are with developing pitchers. Like give me a solid four who's not going to blow out his arm.
2: But you would think by random luck that one of these guys – like just we dumb luck one of
1: them would have a good year. But no. No. Well, we had half a good year from Seve. (laughs) Don't forget that. In 2018 and he hasn't pitched You piece that together and you (laughs) piece together Domingo Herman season (laughs) and that's all people do. And they're just like, that's it. Cashman's the god.
2: Gosh, God. Uh, very, very frustrating and look, I hope Sevi comes back and, and saves the day, but he hasn't pitched since. No, he's he's not going to because he hasn't <laughs> pitched since fucking forever. I don't like, I think the last time he pitched, we didn't even know each other.
1: No, he, yeah, no, we did. One oh, the came three back, starts in 2019. Okay. Yeah, I was at that first, uh, the first game that he was back and he went like, or no, he was supposed to start you and got then two innings. <laughs> Yeah, either they like call you – no, no, I was at his first start. Yeah, it was their makeup of a game that like got canceled. Yeah, and I was just there and it was like – yeah, he went like two and two-thirds and it was like, oh my god, World Series on. <laughs> just give me fucking seven innings, two runs, five hits. Yeah, we're going to be
2: back at the deadline, or we're one starter away every year at the trade deadline. We we need a starter, we need a starter. And you know what's frustrating? They were talking about trading for Joe Musgrove on the Pirates. You know, he goes to San
1: Diego and throws a no hitter; he's
2: dominating. We trade for the guy that's sucking. It's just, it's just so
1: classic. I think Tyone can be a, a good starter. I just think that we're not constructed right now to be. It's almost to a certain extent like we just need to tread water until. We figure it out like, because there's no help coming. I mean, yeah, Seve's coming, but, like, what – that's not – like, what is that? That's nothing. Like, yeah, maybe, maybe that maybe could be good for the good playoffs. Scores. Yeah, but, like, Seve's not coming back after missing a year and a half and it's just, like, great, seven innings every game. <laughs> no. It's not going to happen. And, like, right. we're just playing with this, like, slap dick rotation. Um, And now Debbie – we're going to see Debbie tonight. For the first time for this season and he is short and so is Pedro Martinez. So (laughs) that's fun. Yeah. What are you expecting out of him tonight? (sighs) Disappointment, (laughs) you know, like, I mean, he's thinking (laughs) he's playing the Orioles. So like, yeah, let's, let's squeeze out a win here, but also why are we going for this series? Debbie Kluber, Herman Gumby. Derek Cole pitched two days ago. All the Cole starts that we can get keep him regular. Now we've got like a seven man rotation. Yeah, it's the
2: second time in a row they've given Cole an extra day and it's a little bit confusing because in spring training they talked about just give him as many starts as possible, pitch him every fifth day and they did that in the first, you know, first six games of the season. He started two of them and they waited Tyone. Like I thought they were going to start him every fifth day and they're just not doing it. Another example of Boone saying he's going to do one thing and doing another.
1: It does make – like I try not to get into like, oh, well, this line – the lineup has got to be constructed this way for left, right or whatever it is because like I, I trust that those guys have more sense than me. But now I don't because <laughs> no. like you look no. at that lineup Sunday, then you look at like this rotation we're going to put out there. Like it should be Devi Kluber, Cole, Herman. Like Gumby next next series, and if you wanted to pitch in this series, guess what? You should have pitched better
2: exactly, and it's part of that arrogant attitude, and they'll never say this, but I'm sure they're thinking this we could beat the Orioles without Cole. We don't need to waste him against them. We're better than them. It's that same attitude of lack of urgency. you're a, you're a fourth place team. Your ace got to be pitching every five days. The one thing I'll say it's a huge investment. million. So if you're going to give him an extra day here and there over a nine year haul, I I kind of understand it, but the lineup stuff is absolutely inexcusable. A fifth grader could look at these lineups and say, why is Brett Gardner hitting fourth? John Carlos Stanton. Isn't he old? Like that's a, that old guy? Dude, he is so done. Remind me that the next December when we're having the, is Gardner going to come back for one? He's not a two year contract. He's got a two year deal. I thought one with an
1: option. I think it's I his it's option. One of those
2: mutual I think it's his option. option.
1: Dan, you want to check that? So now, let me. I mean, we talked about this off air, but like now that we look at this rotation, I mean, doesn't it make you want to leave work at like four o'clock on Friday and go up and watch <laughs> Cole pitch? You're not really. Oh, sell me a little bit. You know, like, I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna go to all three in Baltimore. Okay. I – every time I go to Baltimore, I'm like, oh, maybe we'll go Sunday morning. And then I wake up so hungover that I'm like, just get me out of here. <laughs> Next thing you know, I'm by like a Waffle House, like smoking smoking weed because I made my wife pull over.
2: It's a nice thought. Dan, you got the Gardner deal?
1: Yeah. So it was a two-year, $5.15 million contract. He's earning $1.85 in 2021 with a $1 million signing bonus. And then he has a $2.3 million option for 2022. That's when he's going to earn that the money. That he can exercise or that we can exercise? I think it's player option. Um, let me, let me look. The, uh, title of the article literally says, uh, Brett Gardner's contract is incredibly weird. So <laughs> it is. There we go. All right. I guess we are going to be stuck for one more year. God damn. Yeah. He has a $2.3 million player option. He's going to be here longer than Fraser. <laughs> yeah. He's going to have less Clint. I remember thinking this was weirder than Zach Britton's contract. Bizarre. They they love these bizarre contracts. And Gardner, I don't think he has
2: Boris. It's usually a, it started out as a Boris thing, but I guess everybody's doing it now. These weird choose-your-own-adventure option contracts.
1: I can see Brett Gardner like not even having an agent. Just like, yeah, I just do this from like I don't know, a hunting stand or whatever <laughs> they call it. Uh, no, I am surprised he has an agent. One guy that got sent down uh, last night,
2: Nick Nelson. This guy might be the worst reliever I've ever seen. He comes in and just starts throwing balls. He's 3-0 on every hitter. We tried using him in opener, and he got lit up within three minutes. He's awful, and people say, but he has a high strikeout rate, and he's a good ex-fip. I never want to see this guy and his pudgy face on a Yankee Stadium mound ever there again. There
1: we go. You're in on it now. Listen, Nick Nelson is bad at two things. One, kissing girls. We saw that from his his wedding picture. It was, it looked like two a.m. on a dance floor. The way he was grabbing his wife's face, and two is throwing baseball. Did you just spit back in your cup? Did yeah, I just make you spit back in your? Oh, yeah. I thought, oh, I thought I made you spit back in your cup. I was like, "Fuck yeah!" No, I had um, too much ice on that on that sip. Okay, so Nick Nelson is, you got fifteen strikeouts. You got fifteen strikeouts in eight and a third innings, and that is great. If you don't also have five walks, 11 hits, nine earned runs, like you're either going to strike out or I'm going to get you a signing bonus if Nick Nelson is on the mound. Dude, he's horrible. He's hard. He can't get out of
2: any inning. He, every inning he comes in, he lets up runs. Like there's no analysis needed here. He comes in, the other
1: team scores. That's bad. And then I don't listen. You know me. I'm not doing, I don't do, uh, I don't do stats, right? Yeah. Or like advanced stats. But like his FIP is very, is very low. Whatever that means. Fielding independent pitching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I know, but like his FIP is 1.66 and last year it was 5.56, but I feel like those are both high numbers. I feel like he went from awful and we didn't notice to like just regular bad. Yeah, you don't need analytics to watch this guy on the mound and,
2: and know that he sucks. Like, they asked him to open and literally throw one scoreless inning, and he couldn't do
1: it. Let up two runs. And then yesterday, let's— And then complained. Kind of complain, Like, oh, I, well, yeah, I wasn't really— Yeah, I knew, like, that day. Dude, who the fuck are you, dude? You're lucky to have a uniform. Dude, I will pitch for the Yankees today right-handed on four minutes notice.
2: And not give any excuses.
1: Yeah. I'll get fucking shelled like Nick Nelson, but— I'll it's 6:19. It. You could get to Camden Yards by, you know, 8:30. I could. Yeah, I'll come out of the pen. <laughs> I'll go right now. show up in my sling.
2: Yeah, we never want to see this guy again. And where's Michael King? The guy's had 3 3 outings. They were all good. He's he's in Scranton at the funeral home. All the guy does is
1: get people out, eat up innings, and then yeah, and we just send him back to bunking. It's fucking cool. It's cool. The literally the only three days I think that Michael
2: King has been with the big league club are the days that he pitches, and then they he sits in Scranton the rest of the
1: time, and that's a horrible way to live. What a tease! I like. I look back on my childhood as a Yankee fan, and obviously, you know, multiple World Series raised around greatness. But I've looked back at like some of these rosters. I just miss having the team. I miss just here is our team. Here's our lineup. These nine guys are going to play every day or they're going to play at least 130, 140 games, but pretty much that means they're playing every day. And then the extra guy we have is like David Justice or Cecil Fielder or someone like that. And then, you know what? Our rotation, they just go out there and pitch. They just start 35 games. Every one of them. Like, where is that? I just need that back in my life.
2: And it's really not that far ago. You grew up as, as like a nineties kid, Yankee fan, where I was like 2000 and on. Yeah. So, but even in 2002, 2003, 2004, A-Rod, Jeter, Cano, they played every single day. They played 159, 160 games a year. Look at baseball reference. Joe Torrey and then Girardi in the beginning played the same nine guys every day. This isn't like a boomer eighties take or nineties take. This is, you know, 2006.
1: They were they were all playing 100, 160 games a year. Our best solution, our best defense is to routinely move our best defender everywhere in the <laughs> infield. Uh, you know, DJ like we first. we kind of manage it like almost like a Little League team. Like if he could play shortstop, he would be playing short. I'm surprised we haven't even seen him for like an inning at shortstop at this point. But like, yeah, like when I played Little League – I was the best guy on my team. You were probably the best guy on your team. Like anyone gets to play high school at some point. At least high school was the best on their little league team. And you end up at some point playing like every position in a game, like just for mm-hmm. fun. And that's what DJ's doing at the major league
2: level. He does. And Paul O'Neill a lot of times will talk about things that analytics can't measure. And, th- and that's one of them because there is something to be said where if you're, you're a guy and you know, I'm going to be playing second base every single day and that's my spot and it helps you sleep a little better at night. Whereas these guys, I'm batting second, then I'm batting eighth, then I'm playing left field, then I'm playing right field. They're all moved around and that's, that's got to do something to your head. And that's not quote unquote quantifiable how guys react to that constantly being shifted and moved around.
1: Um, yeah. And, Guys are just going back and forth from Scranton nonstop. I mean, like you said, Garcia's coming out. He pitched good his last outing. He gave us he did five innings in his last like alternate alternate league, alternate site, whatever the fuck it is. Yeah, but he's also highlight. but he's also playing scrubs. Yeah, no, he has, and this is a good
2: spot, though, I think, to get his feet wet with his debut this year playing Baltimore, but this is a big series, and people tend to overlook the Orioles series, but it's big because you absolutely have to win three. If you split, it's a total failure, and when you start 6-11, and you need to go on a bit of a run and pick up these cupcake wins to, to get back in the driver's seat. They need three at an absolute
1: minimum. And the thing about it, if you win three of four on the road, that's a huge, like that's a great series. Like what happened just now in Cleveland, you know, I guess is a great series, but I see flaws with it. I think a lot of people do. Even if we win three out of four, we're still a below 500 team. Yes. No, well, you're we, right. And we, and we got
2: three with the Tigers. Like you have to go five and two this week at a minimum. I'm six and one is preferable. But you're playing basically the two worst teams in baseball. We're healthy too. Like it's not going to get any easier. If anything, we're going to get more banged up and the schedule is going to get harder.
1: Yeah. We right. got to figure it out. These guys, I mean, it's still like, let's not get too hype on three wins in Cleveland. We need some guys to pull their hat out of their ass. I'm excited for Debbie. I hope he goes out there and he's able to be efficient. And you know, he got a, he gets a lot of soft contact if he can keep that going. That'll help us. And then you just have to hope that we get Kluber being Kluber. I mean, Kluber's last start, he was he was painting at times. So you can tell he's a guy based on his track record, unlike Tyone, where we don't have a ton of information on him. Kluber has a track record, and you can see the spots where he's dialing it in, where he's figuring, like, I need a pitch here. And he has thrown some beautiful, like painting corner pitches that are vintage Kluber and you just, but we're still hit or miss or we get it, you know, which Kluber showing up today.
2: Oh, for sure. It's going to take him some time to get his feel back. Remember he hasn't thrown in a while, but of all the guys, the Kluber, Herman, Montgomery, Davey, all these fringe guys, Kluber is the one by far that I have the most confidence in yeah. to figure it out and become that number two starter. And I was very on board with the signing and yeah, I think it was the, the Braves, his brave start. I think he was four shut out and then he kind of fell apart in the fifth, but you can tell he's getting close.
1: Yeah. And you could tell that when it seems like he doesn't have it, he'll find that pitch. Like he could still find, he's still got that one punch to get him out of the, that punch to get him out of the round like a boxer has. Like let me get back to my corner. Um, and then, you know, when you look at like Herman just, Herman has to figure it out. He's got to step up. Can't get behind early in the game. Can't do that. Not with this team. It's not working out for us. I mean, like there is a path to win all four games here, but you're right, we got to win three. We do. It's a big series and a big story
2: that dropped, uh, I guess yesterday or Sunday.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
2: at The offseason is that the Yankees and Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim discussed an Aaron Judge trade, and that was reported by Buster Olney. Who do you think the Angels' names were that were discussed?
1: A bag of balls. <laughs> it definitely wasn't Mike Trout. It wasn't Mike Trout. It wasn't Otani. Who? Who's must, there? Yeah, Rendon? Yeah, like maybe Rendon. Bizarre. It's just a bizarre. When you think about
2: all the teams that we maybe talk about a trade with, the Angels would probably be one of the bottom five that I would think of. Like they have no pitching. They don't have a lot of young talent. I just would not, would not think of them.
1: But like they also like should be looking at trading because they constantly stink. They never make the big like trade away. They never sell off. And who knows if it like, cause it, it was, you know, apparently like peripheral talks, but here's the thing. Two years ago, No one even imagines mentioning Judge in passing on a phone call. So I do want to say, although I don't do advanced stats, I don't care about your FIP, your W war, your R uh, lowercase letter, whatever, Q war, (laughs) any of that stuff, right? I know what the fuck I'm talking about when I talk about fucking trading some of these guys like – I I need my roses. people need I got so much shit at the idea of trading Aaron judge and everyone's like, oh, what are you talking about like you can't you know you're gonna trade Aaron judge that's insane. then more injuries, more injuries. And now people I'm sure are like, what are you talking about? He's got four home runs. Aaron Judge has not hit a home run in like 13 days. Aaron judge has not hit more than a solo home run in almost three weeks. So, yeah, two of those
2: homers were against the Oriole that Oriole series. So,
1: it's still not great. What's going on? Like, yeah, he's on the field, but now he's just not playing well. Yeah, he's hitting like two forty five,
2: and I I don't know about you, I've counted at least six or seven times where he swung at ball four, clearly out of the zone, whether it's up and in, low and away. Like, you know, his thing used to be he was so great at OBP and drawing walks, but he has been chasing a. He's lot. He's drawing
1: a homers. lot of walks this series. But, but like he still, he could have more, man. He swings at a lot of pitches out of the zone. Oh yeah, yeah. But like he's also he's drawn a lot of walks and not getting hits. Yeah, yeah he, yeah, he Rarely gets hit. Barry Bonds got walked all the time, hit seventy three home runs. Yeah, you know.
2: You yeah, could you strike Barry lumped, Bonds. You kind of lump Judge and Stanton together. They both kind of been underperforming to an extent. Stan has the five bombs, but he's hitting one ninety, oh, yeah. and Judge is hitting two and Judge is hitting two forty five. And yeah, it seems like, like Judge hasn't had that big you know, release of a home run where everybody's jumping up and down and the, the big three-run bomb that gets everybody going. He did that a little bit in the beginning of the shortened season last year. He got off to a monster start. They were really fired up. He was hitting three-run homers left and right. Haven't seen that yet.
1: No. I mean, it. it's, you know, uh I don't know if it's like confidence. Like we're not – in the clutch, there's really not anyone I want up less than him.
2: Lately, him, him, and Stan are close. Like with either, I don't
1: really want either. Honestly, it's D- DJ and Geo and O'Dor, uh, and like, <laughs> <laughs> my God,
2: and how sad is that?
1: Yeah, you know, and and then who knows like what's going on with the the rest of the lineup of like Hicks is apparently battling a back injury. What else is new? Like, he's, he's in the lineup, but he's always fitness. got something. He's always
2: got something. I'm surprised he made it to almost made it to the end of April without. Yeah. Without this coming up, but it's it's weird because he hits he hits a bomb of a homer off Shane Bieber on Saturday night. Look looked fine to me. Yeah, all of a sudden he has back tightness. Like it's and do you think? So what do you think of this? Do you think players are told to come to Boone with every ache and pain? Do you think he asks them? Because when I think about you know the guys we grew up watching, you'd be shocked to see. Jeter out with lower back tightness and he's not going on the IL. Like if it's not broken, they play it every day. Are they told to go to Boone anytime, you know, their fingernail is hurting or something?
1: So I think there are more cameras, more coaches, more people watching. Like every step you take, did you step like a little out of line? Are you favoring something? Whatever. So I think that's one thing. But I think there is a little bit of softness. Like I remember Joe Torrey, Hated not playing Derek Jeter, not because I need to have Derek Jeter on the field every game, but because Derek Jeter was incredibly annoying in the dugout. He sat – if Joe Torre benched him, he sat next to Joe Torre and talked to him the entire game, Uh, like just trying to find a way into the game. And yes, Derek Jeter is one of the best baseball players of all time. He's my favorite baseball player of all time. He's what I grew up on. So that's the standard that I hold people to. Whether that's a fair standard or not, I don't give a shit. You know, you know different question. Yeah, for another day. If you're from Pittsburgh, yeah, it's Jason Kendall. But for me, it's Derek <sighs> Jeter.
2: Yeah, and these guys, yeah, there's clearly, clearly, a softness factor. And you know, if you're not going on the IL, maybe don't say anything. Just say, say you're giving him a rest day, and we'll see how he is tonight. We'll see how he is in, in Baltimore. But it's, and I hate when he goes. Oh, you know, he he's, he can't start, but he's available to come in later. Like he's either out for the game or he's not. I I hate when they leave the door open. Maybe if it's a big spot, he can pinch hit. Ah, it's just pick one.
1: Let me tell you when a guy's available, maybe later, but not starting. Aaron Judge has played 35 straight games, and we just gave him a day off cuz he played 35 games and he's available to pinch hit. Aaron Hicks uh, he hit a home run a couple of days ago. His backside is maybe available. Like, it's always like, oh, they're available later. I don't give a fuck about getting him off the bench because there's, it's not like he's great and I need him back in the lineup. Yeah. I don't want him pinch hitting in a big spot. Yeah. <laughs> so you can stand there and walk, maybe.
2: Yeah. No, It don't, don't really, don't really see it there. Uh, Madison Bumgarner yesterday through seven innings did not allow a hit. MLB brings in these 7 inning games and they say they're real games. They count he finishes the game without allowing a hit and then MLB says it's not a no-hitter. What do you say?
1: So I think no-hitters are dramatically overrated. Um I think it's a I mean there's so many no-hitters have happened. And it's you know kind of a flash in the pan. Like anyone can get lucky on any given day. I think uh perfect games there's a little bit more of them because you know you can't walk somebody you can't hit somebody um, whereas like, you can get by in a no hitter with a, a lot of walks with errors and stuff but in terms of like guys who need to like pump up their stats or contractors or whatever like yeah that's a no hitter like you can only play the schedule put in front of you if you don't want to count you can't be like hey you know what I, we're going to have all these games you're going to play 162 games but a handful of them we're not going to kind of count like the way we used to and we're not going to tell you which one's in advance.
2: It's not fair to him. It's not fair to Mad Bum. And if there's any guy where a guy throws seven innings and no hits, if there's any guy that I think would have finished that game, it's Madison Bumgarner. The 2014 World Series, I think he threw like, I don't know, 500 pitches in that series and yeah. was a World Series MVP. I mean the guy's the definition of a horse. And if you're MLB, you can't say, oh, these are real games. They're seven innings. They count. Everything's normal. Then somebody accomplishes something. And it's like, oh, well, never mind. Not here.
1: What? Yeah. I mean, then, I think, I don't know, maybe there's some of the triggers, like if there's no hits after seven innings, it becomes a nine inning game, you gotta keep playing. Exactly, and I heard a lot of
2: chatter about that, that they should have just extended it, and who would have been against that? Umps, fans,
1: everybody there I'm sure would have been down to keep yeah. playing. Just like, I, I think it's just like, I'm happy this happened though, because it's a, a case against these seven inning games.
2: The seven-inning games are awful, and if you want to use the excuse of the arms, protecting the health, just let them go to, I don't know, 35 players for those games. Just bring in more arms and and play nine innings. Baseball is is a nine-inning game, and it really will start to screw up people's numbers and long-term stats over time the more seven-inning games are played. And how much is it really protecting the health, playing two extra less innings? It means
1: nothing. Well, all these things are also to try to get games under three hours, and games are like three hours and ten minutes. So we're trying to save ten minutes here. Um it, it, you know, it really, it helps set a stage for what is definitely going to be some tense <sighs> negotiations in the offseason. Like, will we have a 2022 season? It's funny because when we were wedding
2: planning and just thinking about dates and timeline, I was like, you know, I'd rather, I don't want to do anything in October, obviously, because the playoffs, but I'm down for any point early, you know, first half of the season, April, May, June, whatever. And now I'm thinking my, my wedding's April 23rd. Good chance there
1: isn't even going to be a game next year, April 23rd, you know? Yeah. Huh. Well, yeah, I mean, I just think it, it, like, baseball puts itself in a bad position all the time with shit like this. Like, can't get out of their own way. They
2: do, and I don't know about you, but I have fatigue from listening to everybody's ideas on how to improve the game, what they don't like, what they do like, the time of game, the shift. I'm just sick of hearing about it. everybody's got an opinion. I don't really care what what everybody's opinion is. I love baseball. I love watching it. And it's just I'm just bored of that conversation.
1: Yeah. I just want I don't know, just play the game that I like. We can play baseball and the yeah. Yankees win the game. And I'm willing and I'm willing to give up. Like the guy on second base at some point in the extra ratings, I don't think the tenth inning. I think like the twelfth inning.
2: Yes, I think that'd be. Pr- I think everybody could agree on that.
1: The twelfth inning. That and um universal DH pitchers don't need to hit. I support that too. I, I am against banning the shift. Learn learn
2: how to be DJ and hit the ball the other way. Yeah, no. That I, I mean, want everybody to be like Bryce Harper, just swinging for the fences, not even trying to go the other way like that's what makes guys like dj valuable is you can't shift against them
1: yeah so i totally agree with that that the idea of banning the shift and telling like yo, put everyone in the outfield if you want put everyone in the infield wherever you want you get to play because it's not like a safety thing like football where like you can only have guys stand in certain things people get blindsided like i mean yes it did ruin jay bruce's career but you know. <laughs> yeah the shift killed jay bruce
2: If it wasn't for the shift, he'd be be batting five hundred and
1: winning the MVP for us. Yeah, dude, we'd be on our way to the World Series. He would have never been available (laughs) because he'd be in Cooperstown already.
2: He might. He he could still get a ring.
1: I was all they win. He'll get a ring. Can we talk about how pathetic Mets fans are for a second?
2: Yeah. What is going on with that? You you tell me. I don't pay
1: attention to the Mets at all. Uh, Jacob DeGrom had like a good start. That's it. That's it. He he struck out like I think it was fifteen guys. So, like, good for them. It's still a start in April. Like, we're talking about an April start. My – like, I, I guess you don't have any Met fans, like, in your timeline.
2: That Yeah, I think that's the difference between us. Like, I don't care about the Mets at all. I do see people on Twitter engaging, arguing about Pete Alonzo and Aaron Judge or, or Cole and DeGrom. I, I just don't care. We can't even get out of the American League. Like the last thing I'm worried about is is some National League team just from my perspective I get that if you grew up in New York and you know a lot of Mets fans that rivalry's there and it's intense but yeah for me it just never never crossed my mind but it feels like Mets fans are obsessed with comparing their stars to our stars.
1: Well yeah they definitely are. Um and like don't get me wrong Jacob DeGrom is a a great pitcher right like he's gone out there he's one Cy Youngs he's you know putting up number like video game numbers at times you're still a 500 team you know exactly like, you, you want still- to
2: have that your thing you got the best pitcher in new york like i don't care about that i don't when they were doing the whole alonzo judge thing i didn't care at all who's the who's the face of the city who's the face of i don't give a shit who the face of anything is i want a fucking trophy
1: yeah and i'll tell you what i'm not getting a pepsi and chips if i order it pete's way <laughs> i'll tell you that much you
2: told him but no they are like i'll defend my are, guys
1: i'll defend my guys against the the mets but yeah just like jacob de gram struck out 15 like people were like tweeting about like watching this game like with their kids and that like they'll always remember it <laughs> I'm just like, what the fuck are you talking about? For an April April. win,
2: what are they five? Yeah, they're 500. The the NL East in general, and the Mets really were just so overhyped coming into the year. Like they didn't sign any good. They passed on Springer. They passed on Bauer. They passed on all the good free agents. They traded for Lindor, and they acted like they had this World Series contender.
1: And I never really saw it. I mean, they're playing in just like a terrible division, and they're they're in first place because their season started late. So like. From a percentage point there, percentage points are in first place, but they stink. And they have the same,
2: dude, they're doing the same thing we are. Oh, if Cindergard can come back and, you know, save the day. They're, they're having the same conversations. They have a lot of question marks. And from what I hear, you know, they're bad, bad defensively. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but yeah, I've heard they've been very underwhelming. I think Lindor is hitting under 200. I want to say.
1: Still should have traded for him.
2: Yeah, it would have been fun. They gave, dude, they gave him a lot of money though. And I, Think I'd rather give that money like that to Corey Seager, <clears throat> Hal brenner. All
1: right, well we'll see, we'll see, we'll see where Corey Seager ends up. I like that you've planted your flag though that like this is gonna be my guy, Corey Seager. That's
2: my guy. You got to decide early. You know I like to decide early and just and just lock in. And hey, look, maybe I'll get my heart broken, a la Manny Machado. Maybe I'll be dancing in the street, a la Garrett
1: Cole. We'll just have to see. Is this when like the Dodgers finally start to fall apart after this season? Cause I feel like the Dodgers just like, I, like maybe I don't pay enough attention to them, but like they just, they're always just getting everyone who's the best for the most money. Right. It's some, that's what I'm saying. At some point it's got to give. And I know they can match us dollar for dollar, but
2: what I'm telling myself is, all right, Cody Bellinger is going to get at least, I don't know, $400 million, 350 They got to pay him. Can they give that kind of contract to him and Seeger? And that's why
1: I'm getting my hopes. Yeah. Yeah. Like we just need some other people to get into bad contracts. Yes. <laughs> you know, like we had that with A-Rod and we went right from A-Rod into Stanton's contract, which is, you know, not great for us. Um, but like whenever the, do- whenever the, um, fucking Red Sox get a bad contract, the Dodgers just bail them out. Uh, uh yeah, I know. The, the one a- that was bad. Adrian, was Adrian Gonzalez. Gonzalez I mean, they Crawford. just, they uh, just got out of did, Dave, they got out of David Price too.
2: Yeah. The Dodgers do help them out with that. And then you mentioned Stan. I want to ask you this real quick before we, before we wrap. When, when the Stanton trade went down, I was all for it, obviously. And I yep, said, it's fine. He's better than, I thought I said he's better than Bryce Harper. Let's just bring him in now instead of waiting a year for Harper. If you could go back to December of 2017 and you can have the Stanton trade that we did, or you can give Harper 330, exact same amount of money. Which one are you doing?
1: Um, well, yeah, no, I mean, if I, if i know everything and i can go back and do you know, yeah with whatever. with the hindsight vision yeah obviously harper cuz he he plays the field
2: yeah for me it's not even about playing the field it's just the fact that he's left-handed and just seeing us get exposed to these stud right-handed pitchers and i'll be honest like i was not thinking about balance in the lineup back then and back then we had didi who was a lefty and they had a little bit more Balance guard he was playing every day, but now when I look at this team and I look at the way they react against pitchers like Verlander, Charlie Morton, these dominant right-handers that just carve us up, it'd be really nice to have a lefty that could hit 40 bombs.
1: Yeah, it'd be nice to have anyone who could hit above 300. Yeah, well that too. <laughs> you know. Oh, and shout out to the the guy with the big glove in Cleveland. That was fun. Yeah, yeah, he caught the Hicks ball and then he almost and, and, got the the uh, odor ball. I thought he I thought he got the odor off a of ricochet. But like, yeah, that was fun. I enjoyed that. I don't know. I think that's all we got. Yeah, got a got a baseball game in about thirty minutes. Yeah, you got anything else? No, no. I'm just happy to be out of this sling. I might be making my first Yankee Stadium appearance on Friday, uh, since Game Five of the 2019 ALCS. So getting out of the sling is just—it's really changed like my whole outlook on life. It's empowering, I bet.
2: I remember getting a cast-off in fifth grade. That was very
1: empowering. Yeah. I mean, like, I know I can't do stuff. Like, I'm still be worried about, like, someone grabbing my shoulder or something. Be like, yo, hey, what's up? But, like, I couldn't be walking around in a sling at Yankee Stadium. Not for the playoffs. If it was the playoffs, obviously. I'm a gamer. But, like, this rotator cuff surgery, it turns out, like, everyone in the world has had it. Like, I became – I went to the supermarket and the guy was like, "Been there, brother. Like, take it slow." Like, I felt like I was coming back from Nom. I picked you're up. You're like, I'm in a
2: fraternity now.
1: I yeah, I picked up food and another dude like saw me go and he was like, "Oh, let me get that door for you, man. I've been there." And I was just like, "Yeah." Everyone uh, that does sound
2: kind of cool. Maybe
1: I'll get surgery. It is like <laughs> I get on video. I get on Zooms for work and like I've got the sling or I've got. Like an ice contraption hooked up, and people ask you, like, "Oh, I went, you know, I went through that too. Can't believe you're working already." And I'm like, "I don't. I'm not lifting boxes. (laughs) I just talk all day. Typing was tough for a week. It's different, ah, man. Well, Dan, you got anything for us, intern? Dan, you're killing the game. Oh, I mean, I don't know. I was ready to watch some baseball tonight. We need some wins too. We need some wins. You can follow Dan on Twitter. Where do we follow you, Dan? At Jusky99. <laughs> Still <laughs> not racist? <Jusky. laughs> not anti Semitic. Not anti Semitic. <laughs> you can follow Nick at N Kirby How do we how do you say your last name, Dan? Oh, it's actually Gayeski. Oh, you oh, pronounce really? it Gayes. I was like, is your name Gajuski? Like I, I thought know. it was good. That's where the nickname came from. <laughs> Oh, so now it makes at least even more sense that you're not an anti Semitic. Uh, okay. Yeah. Oh, all right. You're learning fo-
2: more about him every week.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. You can follow me on Twitter at JJ from the Bronx. Follow the show at George's Box Pod. We're getting more active there. Uh trying to to remember to tweet from there during games. We're having fun. All right. We're having fun. We're gonna turn the season around. We're gonna win it all. Go get vaccinated so we can see you at the parade.